Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of Entrepreneur on Fire, and I want to welcome you to the Game Changers podcast hosted by Michelle Dutrell. I personally cannot speak more highly of the value of mentorship, and this podcast will bring you some of the best. If you want some inspiration back with strategy of how to make your vision a reality, stay tuned and prepare to ignite. Hello and welcome to the Game Changer podcast. My name is Michelle Dutro. I am your host and I am coming to you for the very last time from India here at the One World Academy. Hopefully you've had a chance to catch a couple of the other podcasts or my blog at over at Inner North Star regarding my experience here and my highlights and takeaways. Now this is going to be a unique one because I have the chance to interview my compadres, my fellow classmates, if you will, from the meditation instructor training. I thought it would be really good for you to get some different perspectives from some very different individuals who come from different parts of the world and very different backgrounds. That way you'll have a different perspective as to not only what this particular course is like here, but what a meditation practice is and what it can potentially do for you in your life, as I mentioned, from somebody else other than me. But before we jump into that, there's no way in the world I can drop into this without reflecting on some events of the week and particular ones that happened just to me today that have everything to do with this course and in fact why I'm here. As I was looking at my tickets because I'm getting ready to leave and head off to London, I saw on the airline website that there are big travel restrictions now, courtesy of Donald Trump. You know how when you read something, and honestly, you have to read it like five and 50 times to actually let it sink in and get your mind to wrap around what you're reading, let alone to believe in some way that it's actually true. So when I read that there are going to be pretty extreme requirements in order for somebody of a mainly Muslim nation in order to enter into the U.S., these countries being Iran, Iraq, Sudan, Syria, Libya, Somalia, and Yemen. First of all, let me tell you, if you are listening from any one of those places, courtesy of Google Analytics, I know for a fact I have listeners there. Let me first start by extending my deepest apology for what this may feel like to you in this moment. If I can't wrap my head around it, I can't imagine how you must be feeling. I can't imagine how it must be feeling to be in the U.S., knowing that right now we are trying to really come together as one, and yet at every turn it seems that there is another wall that's being talked about being built, now travel restrictions, and what feels like philosophically this core belief that in fact we are all separate and different and that we're going to take extreme actions and measures to ensure that not only it stays that way, but that this separation broadens even deeper. The interesting thing is, and there are no accidents or mistakes, certainly from my perspective and my belief, it's fascinating that I have been gone not only for the entire inauguration, but for this entire first week that Donald Trump has been president. Now, let me reassure you, this is not suddenly turning into a political show. There's plenty of those podcasts and television shows out there devoted to politics, what it means, the myths, the realities, and everything in between. But what I have to address is how this all is impacting me, the meaning of this course, and how it absolutely impacts you, no matter where you are. 
As I mentioned, I'm coming to you from One World Academy. Seems ironic, doesn't it? What this has allowed me is some distance and separation, mental and physical, from what currently is going on in the United States. I don't know what my perspective would be had I been there with you in the U.S. this entire time. What I can tell you is that every single thing, every decision that we make is going to be completely dependent, it's clarity rather, on the level of stillness, right-mindedness, and the state that we are in. From that place and only from that place can we make a right decision, one that will have potentially the best outcome for everyone. But when we come from a place of anger or frustration, even hatred, the odds of us making a clear decision or responding in a way that's going to be favorable is incredibly limited, if not impossible. Now, here's how I mean all of this has something to do with every single one of us. While this is a very big situation and the United States presidency and actions being taken are, are by no, uh, there's no other way to describe it other than it's enormous. And anyone listening right now may feel like no matter what I do, I don't know how I could impact that in any direction. But every single day, I can assure you, you do. You see, the reality is there is a collective consciousness out there. And anytime things are swaying into what feels like a negative direction, each one of us has to step back and say, in what way or in what role do I play in contributing to that? And in some way, we all do. And until we become very honest and realize what our own actions are in this world, then quite frankly, there's no way any of this will ever change. Now, let me break this down to a little more detail. Here is the reality of how this goes. Any event that happens, in a millisecond, we have a feeling. From that feeling, we react. In the midst of that reaction, we have assigned meaning. From this meaning, we develop our beliefs. Now understand these beliefs ultimately become who we are. And this core fabric of who we are is how we operate in every single thing in the 17,000 different thoughts we have per day. They're going to come from that place. Now from this place subconsciously is how we, like I said, wind up showing up in the situations that we face. So here's now what I want you to think about when I said this comes down to each one of us. Think about a Facebook post and all of the reactions to it. So somebody throws something up there and then you scroll down and you see the 97 other different reactions to what one person said. So let's take that initial post. Boy, you can't believe what I saw, read, or heard today. Let me tell you, if you don't think there's not negative people out there, get a load of this. And then on goes the post, right? From there, everybody weighs in with their reactions to that. Now, here is the reality of what actually is being said in that Facebook post. If we're being honest with ourselves, that was the initial person who said, hey, let me share with you some bunch of nonsense that I heard today. Here's the truth. 
Something was just said that made me mad or frustrated. I'm now going to choose to react from that state in that way of frustration or anger or whatever it is. So now, not only is it not enough that I'm in that state and I'm going to react from that state, I want to make sure that I share that state with you just in case I have the opportunity to shift your state to mine. That's contributing to all of this collective consciousness. So before we throw out a post on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, stop and ask yourself, what truly is my intention? And if I am frustrated about the way the world is now going, or at least the United States. If you believe for one second that what you are putting out there is not contributing to the collective consciousness that you are claiming to be against or wanting to stand against, I would have you reconsider that thought. The reality is, if you imagine a glass of water and you take one drop of black die. In about a second or two, that entire glass will look like it's filled with black water. That's how one thought can permeate. It hits one water molecule to the next water molecule. And then within a second, every water molecule in that glass has conformed to that very first one that was dropped in. Now you take that to a larger, say a swimming pool, and maybe it will happen to a fainter degree but every single bit of that pool will be affected. Takes a larger body of water. It may take a few more drops of that black ink that represents every one of us. But sure enough, over time, that larger body of water will in fact turn black. So you see, we have the choice to either be a drop of black ink into this vast ocean of people that we live amongst, or we can turn into a filter and we can start to filter that black ink, not contribute to it by adding more to it. And ultimately that filtration process of not furthering negativity, of not furthering anger and hatred, but instead filtering it out, ultimately the visualization should be that at the end this water here is all purified, at least to a greater degree than what we're currently seeing. You see, we have that choice every single day in every action that we take. We always do. My challenge here for this week is for you to be mindful and think about your intention as you share your state with others. Ask yourself, this state, what I'm feeling right now, what is that? And why? Where does that come from? And unless I can find a way to come from a truly beautiful state, from a calm state, then all I'm going to do is contribute more back of what I'm claiming to be against. There's no way any one of us can have a belief that we are all not part of the collective consciousness that we're now all facing. The real choice is, from this moment on, how are you going to choose to contribute to it? 
If you have the chance to come to any course put on by One World Academy, if you can find a way into a meditation practice of stillness, of mindfulness, I really highly encourage you, especially right now, get there. I have no idea what it's going to be like when I rejoin my dear friends back in the U.S. and what is happening over there. It's impactful enough, I can assure you, and I'm thousands and thousands of miles away. I feel the pain that my friends in faraway countries are feeling that are now told that they're banned and are no longer welcome. I feel the pain of the people in the United States who didn't think this would ever become a reality. And I feel a pain of the collective consciousness of everybody in between, regardless of where you stand, that this idea of separation at the core of our soul, we all know this is not how we're meant to live. So with that, I look forward to introducing you to a few of my newest tribe members. This is the group of individuals that I'm going through meditation instructor training with. And I'm happy to say that this collective group is deeply committed into living in this beautiful state, into ensuring that before there is any response to anything, that we check our own state at the door and make sure that we are coming from a place truly that we would want to, with complete clarity, contribute back into this collective consciousness that we're currently living in and one that we will be living in until the day that we die. It never ends. Our thoughts, our actions, our beliefs ultimately do become our destiny. We have the ability to take control of that. That starts right now. Focus on your next thought of being either another drop of black ink into that vast ocean, or will you become a filter? Choice is always yours. Now with that, as we get started, let's see who our first person is up to the microphone to join us in the conversation. Who do we have here? Hey, Michelle, it's Rob. Rob with the last name of? Rob Bowler. Rob Bowler. Rob, and where do you hail from? Michelle, I hail from Anchorage, Alaska. Anchorage, Alaska. So Rob, what in the world brings somebody to India all the way from Anchorage? That's a question uh, I would have found very uh, interesting myself about two months ago. Um, but with uh, my long career as a firefighter and paramedic and working in uh, specialized rescue and survival uh, instruction and planning uh, for the U.S. government, uh, I've always found it interesting how people survive and get through insurmountable odds. And when you read these stories and kind of really dig into them, you find that it has nothing to do with their training has nothing to do with their physical fitness or health. It's always got a kernel of mental strength involved in it. It's, it's a will to survive. It's their psychology that always brings people through these really tough challenges. And I always thought that was pretty interesting. And the further you dig into these stories, you, you learn about meditative states. What is this meditative state thing? And I always, always wanted to kind of explore that myself as a professional, um, but maybe it was a tool I could use in my personal life. Um, so I always wanted to attend a, a meditation program. This summer, I had a trial of my own in my own personal life, and that, that event made me make the decision, I need to do this now. How can I use these skills for myself? 
So with that intention of not only the, the will to live, the will to not just live, but the will to thrive that you've seen in people, and then certainly in your own life of having to get through something that was very challenging, now you had some idea or concept about what meditation was or what this course or this place might be like. Now that we're almost done, we have, uh, I think, a, a day left. Do we have one day left? Day and a half, a, yeah. A day and a half left. What has been thus far your biggest takeaway? Uh, my biggest takeaway is something I did not foresee coming. Um, I would have to say that when you're looking at your state of emotion or what what's going on in, in the chatter of your mind, you, you learn that there's really only two places you can be. You could be in a state of suffering uh, or you can be in a positive state or a state of no suffering. And when you're in a state of suffering, you lose all clarity. There's just no way for you to have that creativity, uh, the ability to have that laser focus to solve problems and or to connect to your reality or to connect to those important people around you. So when you get a handle on what it means to suffer internally with that chatter in your head and how it prevents you to progress and move forward in life, that was a huge lesson I took away from here. So Rob, I know that there's people that are listening that haven't been through the last couple of weeks that we have. And I think a lot of people, when they hear the word suffering, think uh, like, um, you know, uh, a chainsaw, you know, cut through my thigh and I'm really suffering. Most people equate suffering with physical pain. And, and I think anybody listening right now would be hard pressed to think that because they're angry or frustrated, that that's suffering. Right. Suffering in this context is, is that internal dialogue that you have with yourself. It's that, why me? Why did this happen to me? Why did that chainsaw go through my leg to use your example? Um, it's not the physical pain. It's that, that internal dialogue that, that prevents that ability to look at the problem with clarity. The why me? Why did this person do this horrible thing to me? Why are things not working out for me in my career as I've planned? Why am I not progressing how I foreseen my future, et cetera, et cetera? The why me question. And probably fair to say that anything suffering means that you're not here right now. So a typical suffering state is anything that is reflective of our past, even if that's an hour ago, or anything that is worrisome about our future, even if that's, oh my gosh, I'm here with all of you right now, but I'm looking at my watch, making sure I'm so worried that I'm going to be late for class. Even if it's just an hour out, if I have my mind thinking about what time class starts, there's no way I could be fully present and listening to you right now here in this moment. And so... By definition, that state of suffering is anything that takes us out of being fully present here right now in a calm, peaceful state of being. Is that fair? That is fair. That's exactly it. When you're okay. focusing on the past obsessively or you're focusing on the future obsessively, you have no energy to connect with the now. So in a sentence or two, the biggest change that you think will happen in your life going forward will be what? The biggest change is, is having that clarity to, to be able to, at this moment right now to recognize I'm not being clear about where I'm at in life, present here and now, and how that's going to affect my ability to develop a compelling future for myself. 
Fantastic. Well, uh, thank you. And as I said, as we before we jump over to person number two up to the microphone, meditation is not just or a class like this in India is not just for somebody who has got a big yoga background or some big spiritual background. You can be as Rob mentioned, you know, in the military and a firefighter coming from Anchorage, Alaska, and find deep meaning to this that really will be life changing. So as I just said, we have person two up to the mic. And who do we have? Denise, Denise Osores. And where are you from? I came from Costa Rica, but I'm Peruvian. Don't you love her accent? I swear <laughs> to you on my life, I'm going to leave here and have at least a few words uh, mastered. I, I, any of the desserts that have been talked about at lunch today, if I could master just how to pronounce those, I'd be a step ahead. So my dear, what is your background? What is it that you do for a living that would ever have you thinking, uh, this is where I need to be? Well, I am the regional PMO lead for Cargill, is the project management office. And as well, I'm the co-founder of Tubrujula Quantica Academy, which is a coaching business that um, its purpose is to be a catalyst to transform people's life. And so in that, was that your why for being here or was it something else entirely? Well, part of it was because I relate and work a lot with people and I'm always surrounded with people. I was starting... I was feeling kind of disconnection or uncomfortability when I was around them. Even if they were my loved ones, I was not feeling like I belonged with them. And that feeling was lasting sometimes for an hour or two hours. So that's one, the key purpose that I came here to, to Agua. And so I'm guessing that if that was your intention for coming, that somehow, someway through this entire process, that has been helped. If that is in fact correct, in what way has this been meaningful for you as it relates to connection? In which way? Well, I identified that I was very disconnected every time I was feeling frustration, anger, ups when I was feeling upset, I was feeling sad, I was feeling mm, worry, I was not able to deal with those feelings. So those feelings were kept inside and I was like kind of holding those within my heart and I was feeling my throat suffocating so much. So being here and being able to identify what was happening, it was because I was since I was seven years old, I was holding everything inside and not sharing. I'm a very close person like with sharing those kind of things and those kind of vulnerabilities. I believe people does not need to know those kind of struggles in my life, which I was totally mistaken and it was kind of one of my limited beliefs. But that's pretty much what I discovered, that I was holding everything. And then when I was able to release and say all the things that was inside me, it was very liberating. Um, things or nightmares that I was kind of suffocating or I have needles going through my neck, it's kind of slowing down. It's not something that I'm, wow, you're totally cured right now. But it's much lesser, and with the practice that I need to continue within next months, probably, then it's going to be slower and slower, and it will disappear. So imagine, let's fast forward to the next month or two, and you're in your life, and you're at work, and you're with your friends. Solely because of being here, what do you think the biggest difference will be for you? The biggest difference is that I have the means. I have tasted so much the flavor of the serenity, the calmness, and the connection within myself, and I know how to reach that. So that's a big difference. 
that I can reach it anytime. Fantastic. Thank you. As I said, you can see very different backgrounds, very different people, different takeaways, all of which are so insanely important. So super excited. Let's get to the third person up. And who do we have here now? Susana. I'm Susana. Susana. Oliveira. Say it again. Susana Oliveira. Uh-huh. And I bet you're trying to say that back right now because you're wondering where could she be from? Well, I'm from Brazil, but I've been living uh, in the United States and Hawaii for the past 17 years. Fantastic. And what is your background? And does any of that background lend itself to the reason that you're here? My background, I'm a yoga teacher. I've been um, practicing and teaching for the past 25 years. And yeah. So what uh, led you here? Did you see a flyer at the yoga studio that you said, holy cow, I have got to run to India with uh, my very dear friend, hint, hint, who's up next? Or what is that? I was invited to uh, one of the seminars uh, back in December in Hawaii, uh, being lipless from the One World Academy. And from that experience, I, um, I decided to come to India uh, because they were having a meditation teacher training and that was something that I was always wanted to do and wanted to really uh, learn how that I can pass and I can share uh, meditation. So from that point, why? Without the knowledge you have now, back then, because we'll compare what you thought back then compared to what you think now. So back then, what did you think the best or the greatest uh, benefit to a meditation practice was? Without this knowledge, what was that for you then? It was definitely calming my mind and calming my, my state of, you know, of being back there. I, I knew already that meditation can lead you to that. So, yeah, I will have to share that, that what is it was... Calmness of mind. Mm -hmm. And I think most people listening, regardless of what their uh, thought process is, I think that people think, I know I should probably do it. I know I get a little bit crazy. I'm sure it will help lower my blood pressure. So if somebody is thinking, okay, I know that that would be helpful, but what's so unique about One World Academy? What would I learn there that might be different from a typical yoga class that I could, you know, find happening down the street? What was that specifically for you? was definitely the deepest that you can go um, to learn about yourself and all, and bring the attention to your uh, states of your feelings or your thoughts. And they do this over here very well with a great, you know, a great uh, way of you know, leading and telling and teaching people how to go inside and deeply inside of your, like a, our friends said, suffering or, you know, or well state of being. Okay. With that, now with an even deeper sense of uh, a, a really coming from a well place of being and realizing that your state is an impact, I certainly opened the show up that way. If you could imagine now, let's fast forward a couple of months, same question, you're back in your life. What do you imagine being different? I imagine now bringing more attention and more awareness to my thoughts and my feelings and really understanding what I'm feeling in the moment of um, challenge and really working through being past to that and understanding there. And with that understanding, dissolve that feeling or that thought or, you know, um, any uncomfortable that I was be in that moment. So that would definitely help me. And if I can pass to people, that would be just what, I'm, what is my, my path and my 
ideal of sharing Ubim. All right, fantastic. Well, as I alluded to a second ago, we have the other half of the yoga dynamic duo that is here. Um, happily, this is somebody that when I heard Michelle's name called and I immediately turned around and then saw her answer, I thought, oh, my word, there's another one in the room. So with that, who do we have here today? Michelle, Michelle Santos. Look at the accent coming back at us. And where, my dear, are you from? Originally from Brazil and also live in Hawaii for the past 19 years. And uh, what is it that you do in Hawaii? So I own a yoga studio called Sun Yoga Hawaii. Fantastic. And uh, if people are in Hawaii or traveling to Hawaii, as most people do at some point, hopefully you have the chance to, what island is it and what is the website that they can find you at? So we're in Honolulu, Oahu, the island of Oahu. And you can find us on uh, www.sunyogahawaii.com. And if you do not follow me, first of all, you should, but you should be following me on Instagram uh, or Twitter and you will see even Snapchat because I'm going to Snapchat about this as soon as we're done recording. My post today on Instagram and Twitter was actually Michelle doing yoga by herself one morning and, uh, and she is my photo. So you'll see Sun Yoga Hawaii tagged on that, that you will know is actually her in that picture, even though she had no idea I was taking it because I'm a bit of a voyeur that way. So with that, uh, my dear, you obviously have great background in this. What specific was it for you that led you into One World Academy? I know that you did an, a training uh, as well in Hawaii, but why did you feel the need to trek all the way to India to further this practice? Because I trust my friends. <laughs> I have dear friends that told me One World Academy is amazing. You should do it. In fact, could you help us to bring Being Limitless to Hawaii? I, I trust them and I, you know, think very highly of them. So I help them organize being limitless in Hawaii. I noticed the impact it had on my friends and family. And here I am a month later, I'm in India learning from the source. Fantastic. Now, even though we like to think I went with an open mind, I didn't have any expectation. It's all, it sounds wonderful. And I wish that we could all uh, truthfully live from that state. But the reality is we're all human beings and we all have some level of expectation. I'm curious to you what expectation you had. And then after being here this entire time, what you have discovered along the way. My expectation was I wanted to improve, I think, as a, as a human being. And I wanted to learn something new, you know, and I think uh, a lot of us have like, okay, the wisdom is inside and what else can I learn? Right. So I came with an open mind. There's a lot to learn. I wonder what they're going to teach me. What are they going to dial into that can create a transformative experience for me. And it was called, it, the seminar was called the Field of Transformation. We were here for five days. We did the Field of Transformation first, and now we're doing the meditation training. So I wanted to see what is the transformation. The expectation was I wanted to go through a transformation. And I have no idea where this is going to take me. Let's find out. And so that biggest takeaway for you after all of this time, what has that been? So I realized I had myths uh, that has brought me to who I am right now. So they were very valuable in my life. The myth of, of becoming like the perfect mother, the perfect wife uh, for my husband, the, the perfect daughter or friend or businesswoman, doing the best I could and everything. Um, 
just giving my best. But then I also underlying those myths, I also throughout my life, I saw that in life, there's ups and downs. And in life, you can't really trust everybody or in life, um, you might get disappointments or, you know, it's kind of like it became a, a belief that that may happen. And an anger. Also, there is, you know, the feeling of fear and the feeling of anger, even though I'm a very much of a go-getter as a person, as a woman, I, there, there were feelings of fear and anger inside of me that were overpowering my, um, my really my power of, you know, what I can do in life. Um, and so I learned that those are just beliefs that somehow got put into my mind that we have to go through ups and downs and that, you know, men are supposed to be like this, women are supposed to be like that and the roles that men and women play in life and according to who, you know, and why do I have to resent someone for what they're not doing and look at them and poor me um, and this is why I have to have so much responsibility on my shoulders. The truth is, I love the life that I created for myself. And the reason, my biggest takeaway is the reason why I do what I do now is because I love what I do. I love life and I love the people in my life and, and that I can give myself the love that I deserve because many times the weight of the responsibility that I thought that I carried on my shoulders um, was too too big for me to allow myself myself to do certain things that I wanted to do. For example, go on a hike or go watch a movie with a friend at any moment or really have a strong commitment to my meditation practice, daily practice, yoga daily practice. I know that these things are so important to me. These, these things bring me to a beautiful state of being. Meditation brings me to a to wonder, wonderful state of being, being with friends, the connection with friends, the connection, real connection with my family, my children, being present with them, the connection to nature, hiking, dancing, those things feed my soul. And only when I can love myself, give love to myself, feed my soul and get into this beautiful state of being, then and only then I can give that to others. Yes. Isn't it fair to say that yesterday we learned that your mantra was a line from the Game of Thrones called winter is coming? <laughs> like your world was around winter is coming. We must prepare for that. Let's keep in mind, everybody yes. listening, she lives in Hawaii. There's no such thing. Even if winter is coming, it's summer to the most of the rest of the world. So it is funny, these myths. And I was thrilled when she said this is what she was talking about, because it was one of the main takeaways for me as well. And it is interesting, as again, I started this out, there's events that happen in our life. And from there, we have an emotional response, and then we assign meaning, and that meaning leads to beliefs. And that belief, whether or not we like it, becomes the subconscious driver of how we live our life. And if that subconscious driver, based on events or things that happen that we assign meaning to as a child, called winter is coming, to everything has a season, all good things must come to an end, right? We all have some fable in our head. And even when we don't realize it, that being the driving force is why we live in fear, worry about the future instead of being like, is everything okay right now? Um, yeah. So unless you get up from Hawaii tomorrow and there's snow outside, I think we're good. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think that's really yes. a thing. So 
The biggest takeaway as we bring this episode to a close, the biggest takeaway for you that you think when you go back, the most significant change that you believe you will see in your life will be what? Give myself the love that I deserve um, through meditation, through quieting my mind, through really looking at my inner truth. What am I feeling? Identifying the thoughts that keep me imprisoned and by identifying them, letting them go and coming back to the present moment to enjoy life, to, to live life in the now. So in that state, which is the point of this whole entire thing, when you can live in that state, the relationship with your coworkers, with your husband, with your children, right? That really is the point that if we want to be good for others, it all starts with us. Today, right now. That's the only moment, that's the only time we have to live is right now. Not in the past, not in the future. We only have the now. So if we don't do it now, then when? That's it. Everybody get over to Sun Yoga in Hawaii. I'm telling you right now, you have got (laughs) two amazing instructors who will continue to share that love and light with all of their other instructors as well and keep this going. You have got to find a sense of community and like-minded people. We're not islands. We're not meant to ever do anything alone and to connect and find ways to stay connected with people who will keep us on that right path is really what is uh, most important. Before this comes to a complete end, Rob, who is uh, drifting over there in the background, is also a coach. I wanted him to throw out an email address so if people wanted to get a hold of him in whatever their journey is in life to heal, hear a male's perspective on meditation that we don't always get to. Rob, what is your email address? Hi again, Michelle. Yeah, it's uh, Rob at robbowler.com. I'm currently growing a uh, coaching business. Perfect. Uh, Could you spell that? It's R-O-B at R-O-B-B-O-W-L-E-R. Awesome. Thank you. And all of this, you guys, will be on show notes as it always is. So you'll have links to the studio, Rob's email address, anything else that is pertinent to this particular show. In closing, let me leave you with this. When you do look back at any post you have done on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else, stop and think if it is not with the intention of improving someone else's life, if what you wrote, when you can imagine whoever it is that's reading it, if it is not somehow going to help and uplift in some way, then I can most assure you that you wrote it in a state that is something other than calm and peace and truth. Anything other than that, in anger and haste, whether the post originated with you, or you reacted to somebody else's post, at some point, we all have got to stop the level of crazy. I understand there's a lot of things going on in this world that make no sense. I can assure you it has perjanked my entire day to the point that I didn't even get to enjoy breakfast with my friends today. And I took that very hard as well realizing that everything that is happening in the world affects me deeply as well. I'm not discounting that whatsoever. But what I can say is if we can't find a way to shift from that state to a a true state of inner peace, to know how to best affect change in the right way from a calm place of being, then I can tell you all we're doing is perpetuating everything that we're seeing in the news and media today. I truly wish for you all the peace in the world. There's going to be links to One World Academy on show notes as well. Continue to stay tuned for the next couple of days to Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, and Facebook. I will uh, continue to post there on some things that are going on. And as always, 
especially if you are listening from anywhere around the world where you are affected by some of the actions that are currently being taken, breathe. You know, there is a statement that says um, everything will be okay in the end. And if it's not okay, it isn't the end. Stick on the journey. Stick with like-minded people. Stay in a calm, still state. Stay with peace. Find people that are like-minded and stay the path. Thank you as always so much for listening. I appreciate you immensely. Thank you for listening to the Game Changer Podcast. Thanks for listening in on this episode of the Game Changers Podcast. The next step is to hit the subscribe button to make sure you never miss an episode or any of our incredible guests. Thanks again, and we'll talk to you next time.